Oh my goodness. How are y'all doing this morning? Woohoo. Got one woohoo. God is so faithful. He's so good. I'm excited about what he has for us this morning. We've had a couple of weeks. I feel like we've been building a little momentum in some areas. Um, this passage of scripture the Lord has for us to go into today. It may sound funny to say this, but I have been the song. What is this song? The Gaithers don't sing that. How come you know it? Love, love, love. I have had that in my in my spirit for a while. Do you know that not all Christian songs come under a Christian label? Do you understand that God can sneak the message of Christ in anywhere that he wants to? Um, and that's kind of what this song is with me. But still, I kind of second-guessed myself. Lord, I know where you're taking me. Yesterday I was here and I was just kind of praying through some things and and um, I was like, okay, God, I just, you know, sometimes we still need confirmation. And I drove across the street to Walgreens to get chocolate and, or or confirmation. And um, <laughs> and I walk in the door, and what is playing on the loudspeakers? Love, love. And I want, what a coincidence. No, I really do believe that God wants to take us somewhere today. I'm getting ready to share a video with you. And um, before I do, I just want to preface it with one. Th- I want to preface it with a scripture. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love. God is love. This is how He showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. If we love one another, if we love one another, there is this universal need. It's not just in this space. It's not just in your heart. There's this cry for love in the world. There's so many things to detract from it, to take away from it, that can cause us to focus on everything that is not God is love. But I just want to share a a, a brief video with you, and I want you to look at the places. Look at the places and understand that this is universal. God is love, and we need love if you would bring that down. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the game. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. There is nothing you can make that can be made.
love is all you need. If God is love, love is all we need. <laughs> Did y'all pick up on the subtle message that was in there? <laughs> God, you know what? We are living in houses where people need to know God loves them. We're attending church where people need to know God loves them. We live in a community where people need to know God loves them. We are in a world where God uh, we need to let them know that God loves them. And it's so difficult to do that when we are still getting healed. It is so difficult to move out beyond the walls when we are still in our safe spots, in our favorite chair, with our baggage, going, God, do something in my life. It is time for us to take it to the streets. It is time for us to begin to pour out all that God has done in our lives. God has done a lot in my life. Has He done a lot in your life? Oh, He's been so good to me. He's been so good to me. And the passage of Scripture that we are going to get into today has everything to do with that. A couple of weeks ago, for the last two weeks really, we've spent some time in the altars. We have established that the enemy wants us to try and have this perfection mentality so that when we mess up and when we have blown it, that the enemy comes in and tries to tell us that God doesn't love us. He tries to come in and make it look like God has forgotten about us and we can't approach him. And we know that's a lie, right? We now know that we don't run from God. We run we run to God. We know now that we don't isolate when we've messed up. We congregate. Can you say that with me? We don't isolate. We congregate. And that's what, we, when you blow it, I'm not going to say if, because I know you will, because I know I will. When you mess up, I want this to ring in your spirit. I'm not going to hide. I'm going to run to the center of the herd. I'm going to run into the middle. There's healing that takes place in the body. There's healing that takes place in the body. And if you will stay in the center of the body, you're not prey. It's the one that runs alone at the back. 
that the enemy comes after. God has done so much in our lives. God has done so much, and we've got to begin to share that. And that's our passage of Scripture today. That is the continuation. I won't even, I'm not going to make you stand up for it. It says, therefore, therefore, as God's chosen people, read it with me, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Therefore, because I have healed you, because you are no longer bound, you are no longer in that pit, and because I have called you beyond your places of sin, I've I've delivered you, and you've been set free. Therefore, as God's chosen and dearly loved. Can you just say this? I've been chosen by God. You have been chosen by God. And you are dearly loved. Can you just go, I am dearly loved. You are dearly loved by God. What an amazing thing. One of the the most impactful moments in my spiritual walk was when I found the scripture that says, for God himself loves you dearly. See, I thought Jesus loved me because I used to sing Jesus loved me. And I got that part, but but not so much God. I thought God was angry. When I found out that the Father Himself loves me dearly, that was transformative for me. You are dearly loved by God. A couple of weeks ago, Arwen came up because we talked about, if you remember a couple of weeks, I went, God loves you. God loves you. And she said she went home. She said her mom and dad always told them, you know, when they were kids, your mom and I love you and God loves you. And she said, I grew up hearing that all of the time. And she said, and I thought, I'm not doing that with Jack and with Bo. And she said, I went in and, I, and to Jack and I went, Jack, your dad and I love you and Jesus loves you or God loves you. And she said, Bo looked up at her and went, why? But a lot of us have that same word in our spirit. When somebody says, God loves you, there's this, this thing that goes, why? You know how bad I've been. You know what? But the love of the Father has nothing to do with how good you've been. Aren't you glad our covenant is based on Him and not on us? I love that about God. I love because He loves like a good, good Father. Mm. He says here, therefore, because of all of this, I want you as chosen and dearly loved, I want you to clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves as one who is dearly loved. What does that look like? What does it look like? This is not the t-shirt that says, I am God's favorite. And I know some of you have that t-shirt. This is clothing yourself to look like God based on everything that he has done for you in your life. He says, now we're supposed to be compassionate. We're supposed to be compassionate to one another. Be touched by the feeling of one another's infirmities. Sometimes we're not that, we're not that sensitive. Sometimes we can walk by the wounded and not stop and help. And some days we get it right and we're the Samaritan that does. But we're supposed to be compassionate because so much compassion has been shown to us. Amen. I have just, I have needed that to to look at somebody and go, oh, I know where they are. And see, sometimes when you've been where they are, you are a whole lot more compassionate. A whole lot more compassionate. I find it so interesting that so many times 
what I have seen and what I've experienced is that the very place that I used to judge in others is the place that I fall somewhere down the road. Something that I swore I would never do, I did. Something that I would look at them and go, oh, I cannot believe they did that. Well, now I believe it. And let's see, now I can walk in a place of compassion with people who fail and who fall because I've been there. I've been there. I would have loved to have gotten it just by obeying the word of God and being compassionate. That's the hope and that's why God sends his word so we don't have to become compassionate just because we've crawled out of a ditch. But he will use that ditch and he will turn it into something good in our life. We're supposed to be compassionate with one another. We're supposed to be kind. It says we're supposed to be kind. That is so important. That is so important. Don't you just need some kindness sometimes? Somebody to just be kind to you? One of the things the Lord dropped into my spirit was, all of us have this person, and I would like to admonish you, do not look at this person or point at them or roll your eyes at them. We all have somebody in our lives that sometimes we avoid like the plague. (laughs) That was the best amen, yeah. Um, but we have this person in our life that pushes our, all of our buttons. For some of you, it's your parents. I said, don't look at them. Some of you, it's your spouse. You're having a moment. Some of them, it's just people driving on the road next to you. <laughs> you are called, you are charged this week to show that person kindness. Show that person kindness. I don't care if you send them a card, if you send them a text, if you just check on them, whatever the case may be, that person needs kindness. And that's part of your wardrobe as God's chosen and dearly loved. Don't you be shaking your head over there. (laughs) God's got somebody for you. And man, you did an amazing job last week. I just want you to know, I was so proud of our youth worship team that you, you just blew the doors off. Totally amazed. And you, you, God's got a call on your life big time, and you know it, but golly, good stuff. Anyway, compassion, compassion, kindness. And what is the next one? The next one is humility. Humility. Here's where we can struggle with this. We're supposed to be humble, right? My dad used to sing that old song, Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. (laughs) He was a humble man. Actually, he was a funny man. He was funny. But um, we're supposed to walk in humility, and that can be very difficult in today. It can be difficult for guys, and it can be difficult difficult for the girls. Guys, we raise you to compete. From the time you can breathe, we're putting baseball t-shirts on you or taking pictures of you with a, a football that's bigger than you are and, and, and putting competition into you over and over. You win, you win, you, you win, you win, you win. You bring those trophies home and you stack them up on the wall. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you won't, you'll lose that place of humility and you've got to walk humbly before God. You've got to walk humbly before God Girls, women, did you know vanity can do this with you? Vanity is the enemy of humility. And let me tell you something, pretty will only get you so far. And most of the places that pretty will take you are not places that you need to be going anyway. 
We walk humbly. We are modest before the Lord. We are kind and compassionate. And then it says, what does it say? It says that we're to be gentle and patient. Gentle and patient. (laughs) Can you just pick one? Um, Gentle and patient. I think those things have to coexist with one another because I can't be very patient unless I can quiet my spirit and become gentle and, and soften things up a little bit. By the same token, it's very hard for me to be gentle without patience. I kind of need both of those things together in my life. See, Second Timothy, I don't know if you've noticed lately, but people can have a really harsh exterior. There's a lot of bravado in the world, maybe on television, maybe sitting next to us. There's a lot of people who have walls up and think that they've got to be hard and harsh so they don't get hurt. What if you just let the walls down and you begin to be gentle and patient with one another? What if you just decided to do that and let God be your buffer? Let God cover you instead of you having to cover yourself all of the time. What if you became transparent and were just that person? Just that person that God created you to be without the walls, without the barriers. Just you. Portraying Christ. Then it says that we're to bear with one another. Bear with one another. Bear with one another. I really believe in my spirit that it is time for us to forgive the fallen. I want you to think about that for a minute. It's time for us to forgive those that have fallen. See, a lot of time God forgives them and we're still carrying their sin. We're still remembering. A lot of you had people that that they're they're not here this morning. They've fallen. And I'm not talking about the people that are just at the Titans game, though. I do think we need to talk to them. There's voluntary falling away. And then there's, um, there are people that should be sitting next to you. And I'm looking at the kids because I miss our kids. There's some adults that should be here. And if God puts somebody on your heart right now, if you look around and they're not here and you're wondering where they are and you haven't seen them in a while, I charge you. To call them. To check on them. And I want you to tell them this. I want you to tell them, I want you to know that I love you. And God loves you. I want you to know that I love you. And God loves you. And we miss you in fellowship. Because God wants to restore them. And sometimes God wants to restore somebody. And I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. Sometimes God wants to restore somebody to the flock. But we've talked about them so much while they were gone. They no longer feel that they can come back in. we got to make some grace space, guys. One of my best friends, when I was in my early 20s, the kids were little, one of my best friends, her husband was an alcoholic, and he wasn't saved. He, I mean, he was like a mean drunk. He was a mean drunk, and she had three little kids, and I had two little ones at the time, and we would get together and we would pray. He would get so bad. He had these people, these friends. We always have those friends that really want to help us when we want to go into a pit, you know. He had these friends that would roll him out into the yard like two or three in the morning. They would roll him out of their car into the front yard. And Kay was just a little thing. Kay was just small. And she would call and she'd go, can you help me get him in the house before the kids see him? Can you help me get him in the house before the kids see him? Our pastor came over one morning. She couldn't get me. Our pastor came over. And 
together, they carried this man, six foot three, 220 pound guy, into the house and put him to bed. And she said, she told me, she said, Barbie, I'll never forget. Pastor Bandy looked at me and said, don't ever tell him I did that. Because I never want him to feel like he can't walk through the doors. I never want him to know that I was, I was the one covering him up. I never want him to know. Sometimes we can't wait to share what somebody else has done. What if we just took a moment and God went, don't let them ever know that I did that. But God, help them. Help them. You know what? That man is saved. That man came to the Lord in that church. That man, that's his pastor now, has been for many years. But there was a season where you were called on to just love him. Love covers. It doesn't make excuses for, but love covers. Love covers. And some of us, we've got to forgive the fallen. We've got to begin to intercede for those that aren't sitting by us anymore and begin to ask God to restore them. And when he does, make room. Make room. It is time to forgive the fallen. It is time for us to do that. Then it goes on to say, and then forgive as the Lord forgave you. And we can just run right past that if we're not careful. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. What does that look like to you? You know what it looks like for me? If I've got to forgive as I was forgiven, then that means I've got to forgive liars because I was one. It means I got to forgive people who are are caught up in drugs because can I tell you that I was. It means I've got to forgive people who cut everybody off and sever every tie or try to sever every tie because I don't want you in my life because that's what I did to everybody else. I got to forgive them. I got to forgive people who get caught up in the wrong crowd and do stupid stuff that they swore they would never do because I did. And that's why when, when I read that passage of Scripture that says, forgive as the Lord forgave you, I just wonder, what have you got to forgive? We can excuse our sins, but we don't excuse them in others. What if we all began to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us? What would that look like? Oh my goodness, guys. We gotta begin to share the love of Christ. We can't do that if we're hiding behind our walls and pretend we've never sinned. And we can't do that if we never extend that honesty, that grace, that forgiveness to those who aren't sitting here beside you today. The world does need love. The world does need so much. And, 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 and can I just tell you something? We can say it all day long in here. We can talk about how good God is in here. And we can look at each other and we can pat each other on the back and, and quote scriptures and talk about how good God is. But what about them? What about them? When are we going to take it out? And I know we're taking it out right now. Y'all may not know this. But I want you to know this. If you will serve with somebody, if you don't know how to get connected here, serve. Serve. We have a monthly food ministry where we feed those who are in need. We are also involved with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Displaced Children's Program. We work with the homeless. We take coats and food. We work with, uh, with single parents. There, there are so many opportunities, and that's just to take it out. That's not the global missions that we do. There's the, the local missions that we are part of, the children's home with the orphans. You can teach, you can sing, you can pour, begin to serve, begin to serve and share that and watch what God does in your life. 
Watch what God does. It's, I just, the thing that's in my spirit is like, we have got to, we have got to take this healing that he's given us and do something with it. Do something with it. Get the message of Christ out that God loves you. God loves you. It should come from every pore that we have. God loves you. And it's got to be big enough in us. We've got to have more of it than we need or else we hoard it. We hold it in. We, we hold on to this thing. But a world that needs to know God loves them. Do we have a praise team somewhere in the house? The last couple of weeks, we have spent some time in the altars. First, we spent it in, in forgiveness. First, we spent it in re- repentance. And then last week, the Lord kind of led us through some places. And I absolutely loved when, when the children asked their parents to forgive them and the parents asked the children to forgive them. The restoration that God is trying to do in the house. So I didn't really feel that what we needed this morning was more altar time, even though altar time is always awesome. And we always need it. I felt like what we needed in the spirit today was more of a declaration. More of a declaration that goes, God, I know what you've done in my life. God, I I know that I've been forgiven much. I know, God, that you have poured into me year after year after year after year. For some of us, God has been pouring in so long. And it's time for us to begin to pour out. It is time for us to begin to release those things. So what the Lord put in my spirit this morning is, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I know I've got some teachers in the house that aren't teaching. And in your spirit, I just want you to hear me as I say, I'm calling you up in the spirit. I'm speaking to that place in you. And, and, and I want it to be stirred in you so that you have to teach, that you have to release what God has given you. There are some missionaries in the house. There's some missionaries in the house that God has been telling you for years, you need to go. You need to go do this. You need to take this trip. You need to be a part of this. And you've been going, I will, I will, I will. God, let me know. I'm telling you, it's now. It's now. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. There's some pastors in the house that need to be shepherding flocks. There are some people in the house that are are prophetic in nature and you need to be praying in the spirit. There are intercessors and for all of you, I just speak to you in the spirit. I speak to you in the name of Jesus Christ under the unction of the Holy Spirit. And I say the time is now. The time is now. It is a time for us to begin to do the things that God has called us to do. This is not a body of procrastinators. This is a body of healed believers that need to go forth in the name of Jehovah and set some captives free. Amen. Amen. We need to let them know that God loves us. And I know it's scary. I know it's scary to think of moving beyond sitting on what you think your calling is to actually standing up and grabbing hold of it like you would grab hold of the horns of the altar. But what if today is your opportunity? What if today is your day? So we need a little bit of bravery. We need a little bit of strength to stand up and do that. And so that's what we're going to do today. If you would stand with me, we're going to sing the song, You Make Me Brave. Whatever it is God has called you to do, whatever it is he's asked you to do, and it's stirring in your spirit right now, I want you, as we sing this, I want you to look at him and go, God, I know that you make me brave enough to do this by your power, Father God. I know we can do this. 
but I want you to make some declarations in your, in your spirit. And then I want you to start making a move toward that thing that God has called you to. I'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. You call me, we'll talk, we'll find a way. Anybody on staff, the elders, will find a way to help you start using your gifts and your anointing for the name of Jesus.
that need to do that in their heart and in their spirit before the Lord and say, God, make me brave. Help me step out. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord, guys.